Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us, however you are doing so. This time around, uh, what we wanted to do was give a, a bit of an update through uh, on uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus and see it through the eyes of an administrator and an athletics director and what it's like for uh, an administrator to have to juggle a bunch of different things all at one time. And we will get to our guest in just a bit, just to let you know. I am joining from my office via Skype and hanging out with us here in the first part of the show is the Fulton County Schools Director of Athletics, Stephen Kraft, to give his view on what it's like to be an administrator in this trying time here in the state of Georgia. Stephen, thanks for being with us here on the show. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Glad you are were willing to have me on today. All right. So I guess, Stephen, let's just go back to the beginning of things. And what have the last handful of days, as you and I are talking, what have the last handful of days been like for you as both an administrator and someone who's having to juggle that and athletics? Sure. You know, um, busy. <laughs> the, the one word I can tell you is busy. Um, you know, it started with, you know, when we made the decision and when the governor had his press conference to shut down and the GHSA made their recommendation, then, you know, immediately we started working on the immediate things that had to happen. And I communicated with my 16 high schools and we made sure that we, you know, uh, communicate with the other schools that we were playing with and canceled our events. We canceled our buses. We notified the officials of when our shutdown was taking place. And so, you know, those were the immediate things that we had to take care of. Obviously, we communicated with our our players, our parents, our coaches, you know, hey, here's what's happening. You know, this is what's going to happen in the near future. But we had to handle those logistic, the logistical piece of it immediately. And, you know, we made that decision pretty quick on Tuesday for us, which was ahead of the schedule for everybody else, you know, just for a couple of days because, you know, we were the first district to have a reported case in, in the metro area, obviously. So from that particular point of view, what has it been like for you? And you had been, you and I had been talking offline last week before, you know, we started to get together for this. And you had mentioned, obviously, this is uncharted territory, but what's it like for you having to deal with 16 other versions of you and those schools all at the same time? Well, I'll say this. Tech, technology makes it wonderful now. You know, we use Microsoft Teams, and so I've got several meetings set up with all of my ADs where, you know, we can see each other, you know, not not in person, but we can go face-to-face and we can have our meetings. But, you know, it's just making sure that we have a strong communication plan, and we're sharing that. And, you know, as I tell my ADs all the time, you've got a lot of people that are looking to you to provide that leadership, and we need you to be calm, you know, we're not going to have all the answers and it's impossible to have all the answers, but you know, we can share with you the information we have and we can create plans for moving forward. And I think that's what we're using a lot of this time right now for is we're making, we're making plans for when we do get to go back to school, but then we're also taking time to reflect on the jobs that we have, the things that we could do better and start planning for next year. It's almost like, you know, when you have an absence like this, you know, you need to take advantage of that time. And we're kind of getting 
some of the work done that we would do over the summers and things like that. And at the same time, though, I, you still have students and student athletes who are still a part of your charge at all of these different institutions. And there are things that Fulton County is doing to, to help the process out for those who are less fortunate. And I thought that it was a really a cool thing that Fulton County and other districts are doing to make sure that students, student athletes and families are all taken care of when it comes to meal distribution and things like that, because there are some families that don't have this kind of an outlet and, and rely on schools to help out with that aspect of their lives. And it's something that Fulton County schools, in addition to everyone else, from your perspective, is still doing going forward. That's absolutely. In fact, I actually just saw some coverage on CNN and we're doing it at four or five different sites. But, you know, the one the CNN showed was um, Tri-Cities High School and you could see people could drive up and get a meal. And, you know, it is just amazing that our district and all the districts around us are able to provide these meals for our students. And, you know, I, I, I've always reflected on this and this was a couple of years ago and our, our superintendent at the time was talking about, you know, closing down schools for weather in that case was like the hardest decision. Like it's really easy to make the decision because it's a safety aspect. You know, there's snow, there's ice. But the hardest thing for him was to make the decision knowing that people would not be fed. And, you know, for us to be able to figure out a solution for this and be able to provide this for our students and our student athletes and, you know, some of the people that are not as unfortunate not as fortunate as others is really incredible. And, you know, I, I just, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that's having to deal with this. And I'm really proud of all the people that are making this happen for our district and for all the other districts around us. How consistent is communication with superintendents and superiors from your end and then to the flip side to the other athletics directors and uh, other parts of those 16 schools that you're dealing with in here when it comes to sharing this information? How consistent is conversation these days? The conversation has been so consistent from the very start. And, and I'll say this, you know, we, we have been able to be included at every step of the way. Once decisions have been made or, hey, an announcement is coming, prepare for this, you know. And so I'll say this, you know, our superintendent and the cabinet has just done a tremendous job of communicating with us. And then obviously I've communicated as much as I can always and as quickly with all 16 of my ADs. And, you know, I've got a text thread that I use with them. And so they're getting almost moment by moment updates as I'm getting them. And then as well as, you know, I've got a network with all of my Metro ADs and, you know, you, you mentioned them at the start with the intro, but, you know, you know, I am constant communication with, with Jasper and APS, Kevin May and Clayton, um, Kurt Miller and Henry, Nathan Turner and Forsyth, um, John Weir and Gwinnett, Don Breedlove and Paulding, you know, we, we've done a great job of communicating with us as districts of everything that we're seeing and what we're dealing with so we can better provide guidance to our school ADs. And it's just, it's really fantastic to have such a wonderful network of people to bounce ideas off of and have discussion because we don't all have the answers, but together we can figure out the best course of action that we can to provide that guidance to our schools. 
And then the school ADs have to do a great job of communicating with their coaches. It's just a, it's a trickle-down effect. And the coaches have to communicate with their players. And so, you know, it, it's just it's very unprecedented. You know, we've never seen a time like this. But it seems like everybody's communicating, just doing a great job of sharing the information. Other than when can my student come back to school and continue his or her learning and, you know, go to their next level or head toward graduation or whatever. What's the hardest question that you had that you've had to answer so far? I think the hardest question is, you know, I'm a senior. Am I going to get to go back and compete for, you know, my senior year? And, you know, the answer to that is just, we don't know yet. We hope so. Um, we're going to make plans, but you know, it, it, that's the difficult thing about it is, you know, we just finished up the last winter sport with, with basketball and, you know, we're in the middle of all of the spring sports and everybody's gearing up for that. And, you know, for a lot of kids that this is the last time they get to compete, you know, not everybody's going to be a college athlete. And so I, I think just the uncertainty around that is, is really hard, but you know, that, that's a hard question to ask when, when it's a senior that's asking, like, did I play my last game? And, you know, you hope the answer is no. And, you know, but we just don't know right now. When it comes to timetables and windows that you can negotiate to try to bring spring sports back, I mean, are there any hard and fast dates on the calendar knowing that the school year could float as well? What's being considered right now? I think everything is being is going to be considered. Um, you know, right now we, we know the GHSA, you know, recommended a two week shutdown of athletics. And we think every, for most part, everybody has complied with that. Um, you know, my district is shut down indefinitely right now and we'll continue to evaluate, um, you know, the timing of this is, is very interesting because a lot of people when that, you know, when the two week ends, they're either starting spring break or they're going to start spring break the following week. So, you know, I think if, if, if we're back in early April, I think the answer is, you know, we can figure something out. If it extends, you know, I just don't know. I, I don't know where that threshold comes in of like, hey, we can't do this or we can't. You know, it's just it's going to be, you know, if we all resume back and get back to school, the GHSA will leave it up to the regions to determine who their four state um, participants are. And so the question of it is, you know, you probably need a couple of weeks, whether, you know, whatever sport it is to do a tournament, like, you know, we may not be able to go back to playing a full region schedule, may just have to do a tournament to determine who gets into the state playoffs. When it comes to athletics directors and administrators that don't have the support system that you have, that you mentioned with all of the other uh, Atlanta area ADs dealing with counties and things like that. For those who are outside the Atlanta area, might be in uh, counties by themselves, uh, that kind of a thing, what advice would you give smaller classifications, smaller geographic areas, smaller cities, and large areas to go forward in this together? What advice would you give those places that don't have centralized ideas like you have in the other areas here in the Atlanta area? I'd say reach out to your counterparts in your region. You know, you may be the one, one high school in, in the county, but, you know, you're a part of a region, 
and there's all those other ADs that are there. Um, you know, just having trying to do ideas by yourself is just tough. You know, the more input you can get, the different perspectives you can get, you know, I, I think that'll help you move forward. And, you know, the reality of it is don't be afraid to ask. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, ask for help. Um, don't don't be hesitant to call the GHSA office. You know, I know Dr. Hines and his staff will be more than willing to help and support in any way they can. So, you know, I think it's important just to remember, you know, you're not alone in this. You know, you use the resources you have and then more importantly, reach out and use the other resources that everybody else has. You know, I, I think about coaching and, you know, being an AD, you know, one person has a great idea and everybody steals it. And that's the nature of it. And, you know, that's the same thing that we're dealing with here. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, use the resources that are out there to help you. Fulton County Schools, Director of Athletics, Stephen Kraft. Stephen, thanks for hanging out with us. And, and one more thing before we go, just to give you an update as to some of the, the biggest news that has been going on here when it comes to high school football in the state. Going back to late last week, story out of the Moultrie Observer, where former Conquit County head coach Rush Probst has agreed to a settlement that restores his teaching certificate. And going back to a story that was written by Matthew Brown and Wayne Grandy of the Moultrie Observer, the Georgia Professional Standards Commission agreed late last week to reinstate the teaching certificate of Rush Probst. Paul Shaw, Director of Educator Ethics for the PSC, and this is coming directly from the story itself on the Moultrie Observer, that the State Attorney General's Office brought up a negotiated consent order for a sanction of 131 days to be applied retroactively. And Paul Shaw said the PSC accepted the conditions and those days ended February 21st of 2020. In the article in the Observer, Rush Probst called Thursday's ruling vindication in quotation marks and a message to supporters he sent out after the meeting on Thursday in a, in a telephone interview that Probst had with uh, the Moultrie Observer. He said he believed he could have taken the issue to court and won but might have taken a couple of years. And with the head coach position, this is once again from the article, when the head coach position at Valdosta High came open, he and uh, his lawyers, meaning Probst and his lawyers, agreed it might be best to try to reach an agreement that would allow him to become certified in Georgia again. So uh, go to MoultrieObserver.com to get the background on the Probst settlement and what may be some of the next steps for Rush Probst in the state of Georgia when it comes to being a high school football coach. And we'll obviously we'll keep an eye on that story as it continues to grow. Thanks to the irreplaceable Sean Powers for, as always, piecing this show together. And thanks to uh, Tommy Palmer. Thanks to GPB for letting us have this voice in this time as we are all trying to uh, tackle COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So once again, thanks to everybody. Thanks for being a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We will catch up with you next time. So be well, and we'll see you soon.